You're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM here in Kingston, and welcome to Screening in Kingston. Cats! (laughs) I saw cats maybe when I was 12, like a Broadway production. Yeah, yeah. it's I super don't weird. Remember any of it? <laughs> this is the thing about musical theater, and I want everybody to understand. I'm sure I've brought this up, but even some of the criticism we get when we when we're critical of things. I am a trained theater person. Nerd. I went to school for it. <laughs> nerd, sure, trained theater nerd. I went to school for theater. That's like so when people say like, well, you don't know what you're talking about when you don't like musicals. Um, I don't like musicals because I have reasons for it based upon my training. That's like going up to a plumber and being like, what you don't like toilets? Like. I'm literally trained to understand theater and to get the conventions. You cannot take theater conventions and just throw them on film. You just can't do it. It doesn't make sense. Cats just doesn't make sense. Well, yes, it doesn't make sense anyway. It's one of the weirdest musicals. But I can understand some of the appeal to people who go see Cats because of the theatricality of it and because of the show. The songs are good, right? Some of them. I I love Skimble Shanks, The Railway Cat. That's a great song. Uh, Jellicoe Cats is a good opening song. Memories, obviously, very popular. Rum Tum Tugger has a great song. Those things are great. But the thing is, is that it's just, it doesn't translate to film in the way, especially this way. It looks like. We're going to talk about it. In our headline section. Yeah, but we're going to talk about it now, too. It looks like a human being's face is trying to escape from a cat's face. That's what it looks like. It's It's like faces are trying. It's so bad. And the way the cats are moving, they're still having them do, like, theater choreography. I know, and it doesn't translate. Uh, It's so weird. It's one of the reasons why the the second movie of the producers, the movie that's based on the musical of the producers with Matthew Broderick and Nathan Lane, isn't really that good. Like, it's okay, but it's not that good because the director didn't do... I think, good enough job of translating to film. Mm-hmm. It was still too theatrical. It was still too overdramatic. And the choreography and the movements and everything still was pretty much taken off of stage. Mm-hmm. The reason why Chicago is so good is because the movie Chicago took the convention and did something different with it. They said they, they came up with a concept of every time people singing, we're going to switch to being on stage. Yep. And then we're going to come back. And it made it interesting. It made it outwardly. It, it worked. This Cats musical looks so stupid. And a lot it of people are going like to go to it. Hot garbage. And just so people know, you know all the stars in it. They're in it for five seconds. So every cat has a song, and then they disappear and they're gone. So your ensemble cats, which are your no names, will stick around for the whole thing. But uh, James Corden, Taylor Swift, um, uh, Ian McKellen, uh, uh, Rebel Wilson—they're in it for their song for so for about three three to five minutes, and then they're gone for the rest of the movie. You will never see them again. Idris Elba. One plus. So don't go synopsis. because of them. One plot synopsis of cats is cats introduce themselves That's correct. until one dies. That is correct. Uh, one dies. Spoiler alert, it's Jennifer Hudson. And she's like also in it for five minutes at the end when she sings a great song and dies. Um, and then the rest of it just sort of happens. It it's looks just cats being jazzy. And hey, I'm not even gonna like I looking at it, it's like, yeah, you cast Ian McKellen as the theater cat. Makes sense. You cast uh Judy Dench as the old cat. Sure. I don't know what she's doing there, but sure. Idris Elba's the cool Mr. Mistopheles. Awesome. Taylor Swift's the sexy cat. I get it. I get why they're doing all this, but it just is going to be stupid and you're going to it's just gonna be dumb. It's gonna it be looks, it's gonna be so bad. It looks creepy. You know what it reminds me of though? Les Mis, just the, the aesthetics of but the way no they're doing it. Like no one was like half cat. Half, no, that's what I'm talking about. The <laughs> no, cats but, look. But the Les Mis movie was directed by the same guy who's doing this cats movie. A lot of people also went into it being like, "Oh, Les Mis, there's all these stars in it," and then like, "What? It's a musical." Most of the people who go to this will not realize it's a musical because that's just how people are. And then it's going to get trashed because the musical, the, the like one out of five, ten people who are musical theater fans who are like me who know it, fan ish. They're they're not gonna. It's just it's not gonna work. It's gonna Cats be. Cats is a just meme. Awful. Everyone makes fun of the musical. Everyone's gonna make fun of the movie. Yeah, it's terrible. Anyway, that wasn't <laughs> the, that was that was that was one thing that came out of San Diego Comic Con. But there's a lot of cool stuff. We are gonna touch upon that a little bit today. We're gonna talk about San Diego Comic Con. We've got fan questions to kick us off. We both saw movies. Um, I saw The Last Black Man in San Francisco, and Taylor checked out Midsummer. We still don't know if I'm saying it right. 
Midsummer. Mid. I don't know. I thought it was so... Midsummer because of the festival, isn't that the name? But are of the we festival? supposed to say it with like a Scandinavian accent? I guess so because of the Midsummer. I don't. I don't know. Okay. Well, anyway, doesn't matter. We're calling it Midsummer. Uh, so we've got two movie reviews today, San Diego Comic-Con stuff. We're hearing from our Star Trek correspondent, Tyler Vance, who's stopping in to talk about the new Picard trailer. Um, and headlines are back um, because a lot of people complained about us not doing it last week. That's actually not true. We no one a, said anything. We did it last week. No, we, we didn't, didn't do it the week before. Are you sure? Yeah, because I wrote it out on oh, paper. Okay. This so, oh, okay. Well, I was joking anyway. Nobody cares. Everybody <laughs> hates that segment. <laughs> People but, only but complain you. about our movie reviews and how I treat Tyler. <laughs> so <laughs> so this is this is it. Um, we're going to kick us off with fan questions. And uh, again, awkward enough, we're going to kick off with Tyler's fan question because Tyler wrote in. Great. Um, he says, hello, Taylor and Mike. Okja is wonderful. And whatever pharmaceutical Jake Gyllenhaal was on throughout filming of that movie, I want some. In reference to The Lion King's interesting choice of photorealistic over traditional animation, do you folks have a favorite animated movie that wasn't aimed towards children? Mine is probably Waltz and Bashar. Waltz with Bashar. Oh, sorry. Waltz with Bashar. I've never even heard of that. Um, On that note, we don't need any more live action Disney remakes. Stay stay this madness. Maybe stop this madness. to guild refined gold. I've never heard that. Tyler's so strange. You're a strange man, Tyler. Um, sincerely, Tyler. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying that, Tyler. Beverly, Tyler. Beverly is the spice of life. Tyler Vance, you don't get you don't get to be our official starter correspondent and insert your own quotation in the middle of your name. You don't get both. He gave himself his own nickname. Yeah, you can't do that, Tyler. You're the Star Trek correspondent. That's it. Also, he wants a PS having tried bullet points versus paragraphs are definitely the way to go. I disagree, Tyler. I don't think you should write paragraphs. Um, okay. Uh, traditional. It's tough because a lot of the animated movies I've seen, even the ones I really enjoyed, I think are still geared at kids. I've never, I don't think I've ever seen an animated movie intended for adults. Well, there's Scanner Darkly. Never seen Which it. I didn't like. Um, that was kind of more adult. And uh, I mean, it depends upon the age of kids. Like, I again, like we brought up a couple weeks ago that like Titan AE was a movie that I really liked as a kid, but it was definitely aimed at older kids. Like it was aimed at least teens. teens. Um but, I mean, I think, well, South Park, the South Park movie, Bigger, Longer, Uncut, would be one that I really enjoyed as an animated movie that's definitely um, not for kids. Um, I've seen The Simpsons, the, like, The Simpsons movie, I never and saw the Simpsons movie. it was pretty unmemorable. <laughs> and um, I, I don't think I've ever seen The Family Guy one they did like a star wars i don't oh think okay i those, have but... seen those yeah and if those count then i would say the family guy star wars movie is um blue harvest something something dark side and it's a trap i like those definitely um but aside from that yeah i really can't say i can't think of any you know what i mean like adult cartoons and i've never heard of waltz with bashar like i don't know what that is um so that's interesting like yeah i i, I guess i've never really gone out to see or, or animated movies that are not really geared i to... guess wes anderson's isle of dogs isn't geared towards children per se um, yeah though it's stop motion um i liked that and his fantastic mr fox even though it's based on a raw doll book i can't i don't know if i wouldn't say that was at least like it's not targeted towards kids yeah. but kids can probably see it depending on their age yeah, because it kind of depends. Are good. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. In terms of like television, my favorite animated show for adults is Bob's Burgers. <laughs> oh yes. But yeah. uh, never, and I they're never... gonna have a movie soon. Yeah. But yeah, Bob's sorry, Burgers. Tyler, your your movie knowledge has ha- outpaced ours. Yeah, that's great. It means you get to take over the show. Um, <laughs> so thank you, Tyler, for your question, and we will hear from Tyler uh, in a few minutes. Nicole writes in, uh, I believe, friend of Taylor. Uh, hi Taylor and Mike Uh, this is sort of to snowball on your discussion of ScarJo's ScarJo ScarJo's comments about how she as a white (laughs) cisgendered straight woman should be able to play any role she wants ScarJo is that a thing yeah they call her that because of acting I completely agree with you that we need to see more stories um, that we haven't seen yet 
or that we haven't seen enough of. There seems to be a bit of a conundrum, though, when it comes to casting in an LGBTQ story specifically. Who is allowed to portray queer characters in film and TV? Yes, we can still all, with the exception of a few, agree that a transgendered actor should be hired to portray a transgender character, but uh, do we also cast a bisexual actor to uh, play a character that who is also bisexual? Or do we cast a straight actor? Does it matter? Hope this makes sense. Yeah, you bring up some really good points, and I do think that, um, like everything in life, the mistake we can make in society is by making it an, an absolute statement. That in absolute all scenarios that everyone should do one thing or another. I think that like this brings up a good conversation. I, I relish every day in my life that I don't have to make these decisions. <laughs> um, but as somebody who used to act, I have – I am – you know, a, a straight white male actor, and I, I've played a gay character on stage before. Um, I don't know what that means. I don't know if that is something that shouldn't happen. What I think the point I was making in the conversation was, I think it would be a mistake to rule out somebody who is bisexual or has that experience because you're going to gain a lot coming to it. And also because we've silenced people um, who are seen as different, then maybe we just need some overcorrection time to say, hey, let's give other people opportunities. Let's get their stories out there. Let's bring their experiences in because it's only going to make stories stronger to have different experiences in. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you bring up a good point. I don't know if there I necessarily have an answer. But, I, again, would I – if someone was like, okay, we're going to only cast this bisexual person to play this bisexual character, I don't think I'd blink an eye at that. I'd be like, okay, sure, do it. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be offended. It's just like – I think – um, like, should we have been up in arms that our most two notable biopics that have recently come out portrayed gay singers? Neither of those actors identify as gay, as far as I know. So Freddie Mercury and Elton John being the... Oh, I was like, who's the second one? So, um, <laughs> Elton John, right. <laughs> should the, you know, should they have cast queer men in those roles? I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't yeah, have the answer. Question. And especially because Elton John handpicked, hand-picked his, yeah. his, his portrayal. And to, obviously in his, you know, prerequisites, he didn't have queer as no. one of his. Which is his right. Like, it's yeah. his story. If he wants to cast Taron Edgerton, then. So I think it's all about, um, I think it's, it's about what the story is. Mm-hmm who's telling the story mm-hmm. and kind of who has the authority. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there, it's not black or white, but if, you know, if you were, if I was a gay man and I wrote a memoir and my memoir was being turned into a movie and I was responsible, you know, I had a say in casting yep. and I wanted a gay man to portray me. Yeah. I think then yes, hundred a gay man. hundred percent. But vice versa, if that person who owns, Sort of that story and they say i don't care then yeah i think that's a, i think that's a great point um and again i just i guess i can just understand in both scenarios because i could understand like if i was a gay actor who was who was auditioning for freddie mercury and was really good and thought i had a chance and was passed over yeah i, I might there might be a part of me right or wrong there might be a part of me that goes like why was i passed over for someone who's straight who can't like yeah. relate that might be completely wrong to to think that way but it would be we're human beings and we have emotions and i think that's fair um so yeah i think you bring up a good point i think if if someone who owns an intellectual story wants to tell their story and handpick somebody then it's no one else's business um and i don't i mean i don't think there was much backlash towards the picking of Taron Edgerton, but I think that's because Elton John said, this is who I want. This is me. This is who I want to play me. I know there was backlash with um, the casting of Freddie Mercury because the actor they chose, Rami Malek, is Egyptian. So, and he's not, and Freddie Mercury is from like a little kingdom near Pakistan. Oh, I see. Um, And so they're like, you can't just cast a person of color. (laughs) Like close enough. And then, yeah, and be like, oh, wah, wah. Um, so there was, you know, at the end of the day, people are going to be pissed off no matter what. And I think as long as the storytellers are, um, getting sort of the agency to tell the stories in the way they feel, um, then that's fine. Like for, I, for the ScarJo thing, when she was cast as an Asian woman, I can imagine the people who 
really read who really owned that story like the original graphic novel and it's kind of like a social phenomenon apparently they were entitled to be pissed that a white woman was cast in Mm -hmm. a predominantly Mm -hmm. asian Mm -hmm. role Mm -hmm. um definitely so i think it it comes down to again who's telling the story who's allowed to tell the story Mm -hmm. like i don't think scarjo should allowed to say she can be whoever she wants like yeah and i and i think that you're right i think it comes down to each scenario is going to be a little bit different which is kind of the point of like i just don't think there's an absolute answer and i think where we as a society make our biggest mistake is treating things as if there's an absolute there's a right and wrong answer to these questions and that's it i think it comes down to certain things because even backlash came to ryan coogler when he was casting black panther started to release his cast and it was primarily african-americans right then then he cast two or three white roles and people complained what are you talking about this should be an african-american movie and he went what are you talking he said what are you talking about that's not what inclusion is it's not going one way the opposite mm-hmm. way I, these characters make sense to be in the movie i've got we've got ideas we have ways they're working in there what like he would he almost like completely passed it off and called the person stupid for asking that well, question yeah. but again that to me it comes down to it he is the director of that movie he's been hired to do something he's working closely with the writers he's making decisions that's, you know, so long as they, they can make decisions that they feel are right to tell the story in the best way possible, that's all you can really hope for. And, like, on the f- – just kind of ha- hammering a dead horse – beating a dead horse. But the problem with <laughs> Green – the horse. problem with Green Book <laughs> was that um, the the screenwriter was the son of the white man, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But the story should have been about Correct. the African-American singer, or yep. sorry, musician. So that goes again, even though the writer-producer felt entitled to tell that mm-hmm. story, he didn't own the story in the larger cultural context. No, and there's two there's there's two halves to that story. There's because there's two people who went on who went on this journey together, and there's two halves. And the problem there is you're kind of like, well, this is the one perspective. Yeah. You're not really including the other one in that sense. So that, yeah, that so makes again, sense to even, me. So it's all within a cultural yeah. context. Definitely. So there's no right or wrong. <laughs> but just like a gay man can pay a straight man. Yeah. Vice, I, you know. Yeah. And that that's the thing. Like if you shouldn't be like, okay, you're a gay actor. You can only play gay roles. That w- I don't think that that's, that's right. Exclusion, that's exclusion. 100%. Too. So I think that that's – I think Nicole brings up good questions because I think these, these are complex issues. But I kind of look at it the same way you do. It's like it starts from the beginning and whoever is telling the story and does have some ownership to that has, I think, the right to make some of those decisions. But also, like we're saying with Green Book, sensitive. the responsibility to be sensitive. Yeah, to the larger context exactly. and to the exactly. larger. So that – only half answers sort of your question, Nicole. But anyway, well, <laughs> it's, it's a good think, conversation. I don't piece. think she was looking for an answer. No, anyways, <laughs> no, no, but, no. Yeah. That's a good. Uh, that's definitely a good uh, a ponder. Ponder for everyone. And <laughs> and hey, like I I want to open things up. Let people let us know what you think. I mean, we we get feedback every once in a while. That's like your reviews suck. Well, great. Tell us why. Tell us what you think about this you situation. Know, personally, I just feel like I'm saving you all money. When I tell you not to see them. Well, you know, I, I I will read any comment on air so long as there's uh, some sort of uh, critical feedback. Yeah, yeah, or or an opinion that's that's presented, and an opinion isn't. I like this movie. You like explain it, explain yourself. So yeah, if people have thoughts on this topic, bring it in. Let's keep talking yeah. about it. Um, the best thing we can do with anything is talk about it. I think for so. sure. Um, okay, so that's our fan question for the week. Just a reminder for people: if you want to uh, be on the show, make sure you email us by five o'clock on Mondays to screeninginkingston at gmail or just find us on social media. Send us those Instagram direct messages to rescue Tyler for me or whatever you you want. Um, uh, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that. So let's get into some movies. We're going to yeah. review a couple movies. Um, so you saw Midsummer. Let's talk about that first. What um, did you think? I'm like one of the only people in this whole world who doesn't buy into this Ari Aster uh, buzz. Yes. That's his name, right? The yes. director. I know yes. his first name is Ari, and I think the last name is Aster. I Aster. Yeah. I did not like Hereditary. Yeah. But I thought, okay, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. He's considered the new Vunda Kid horror director. Yep. Um, 
I'll go see Midsummer. Mm-hmm. It's a premise that I love, you know, gothic, folk, um, cult business. So he kind of was checking all my boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie is too long. I think it's <laughs> over two hours. Really? I'm pre- it's at That's least I think it's two hours and twenty minutes. Yeah, that's long for a horror movie. It, yeah, absolutely. Um, and it did not. It did not need to be two hours and twenty minutes. It wasn't. I think he thought he was building atmosphere. It was just stupid. Like it just there was a lot of drug trips. You know, people taking ingesting yeah, drugs yeah. and then just kind of looking at the other person and stumbling off like whatever we know like once you establish for the first time that these people are going to be under the influence i'm smart enough to realize that anytime they drink something that looks like tea it probably isn't tea and i don't need to watch five minutes of them now bumbling yeah yeah that's a little Um, that's a little much oh it was infuriating um i felt that he was gory for the sake of being gory. Mm. Like, it eliminated the shock factor for me. Like, it didn't... If if he was trying to sort of make a statement about the normalization of violence, he wasn't. He mm. was just being very gory for the sake of it, in my opinion. And it just didn't... I'm not squeamish. Like, I could look at the violence and it, you know... It didn't make me sure. It didn't make me uncomfortable. Um, but the fact that he kept like there was, you know, over and over again, I'm just like, it, again, it's boring to me. Yeah. It has no, yeah, it has no rationale behind it. It has no, I don't. So I felt that the movie was very self indulgent. Like he's like, I'm gonna ride the wave mm. of my critical, yeah, um, praise, and now I'm gonna do all the things I want to do in a horror movie, um. I felt like he even did that with Hereditary. Like, I thought he made artistic choices that weren't necessary. And that's why I feel like I'm taking crazy pills when everyone's like, he's so amazing. (laughs) Because everybody loves his movies so far. I find them so predictable. Yeah. I'm like, for for Hereditary, skip Hereditary, watch Rosemary's Baby. Right. For Midsummer, skip Midsummer, watch the original Wicker Man from the 60s. Or the, the 70s. It just, they feel tedious to watch. And they're not fun for me. Like, they're horror movies are fun because of the shock and awe and the creepy factor. Like, I'm like, whatever. This feels like any other cult movie. I know what's going to happen. Yeah. He ends the movie very similarly to how he ends Hereditary. Really? Like, like uh, I would say stylistically. Like, it's, mm. you know, the plot points are different. Yeah. But... but it was pretty much like the same aesthetic. Mm. I like turned to Emma, who my one of my good friends who I saw it with, and I said, "Isn't this how Hereditary ended?" And she went, "Yeah, that's what I thought." Like, <laughs> oh, so is he no, a one-trick pony? Yeah, that's the problem. Like, is he? Like, is that his thing? He's got his one thing. The first movie was about a cult. Yeah. Spoiler alert: yeah. If you have never seen Hereditary and are kind of dumb and can't figure out in the first five minutes it's about a cult. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's harsh. Okay. Um, honestly, like that's for, true. Yeah, for yeah. someone who watches a lot of horror movies, yeah. I'm like, he isn't bringing anything new to the table. And it's interesting that he's he's such a critical darling, as we're saying. Like people, critics love his work, and yet a lot of them are horror fans and see a lot of horror movies too. So it's interesting know. how that's I don't know. Happening. Like I don't. I'm not buying what he's selling. Yeah. I thought in this one, Midsummer, there was a lot of really interesting elements, which I wish were in a different movie. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, like there was some really interesting the cult itself or the commune, whatever you want to call it, they had a very interesting dynamic. I just wish I could have scooped that all right, up right, and, and put it in a yeah. different yeah. movie. Um like I, you know, I could think of like fan fiction I could write about the commune and see I wanted to see them interact in different ways um he used some like really bad CGI for when they were on drugs like flowers were mm. pulsating and it's like I hate bad CGI I just didn't think it was and then you know oh they're high so like everything's quivering you know yeah, like everything's yeah. wavy and I'm like lazy it, to me that's lazy yeah yeah um 
Yeah. So it's you're are you pretty unanimous that this is going to be a skip it for you? For me, it's a skip it, but I'm going to say see it because I know I'm going to get so much hate because everyone loves him. So it's like go see it. <laughs> go see it, but then, but <laughs> know that I hated it. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so your official review rating is a a skip it, but you're going to tell people to totally go, go see, see it. it. Well, I know like. It's also because he's generating so much buzz. Yeah. It's one of those sort of like touchstone movies where if you don't see it, you can't contribute to the conversation. Right, right. It is coming to the screening room. Yep. So, you know, it's if you're already downtown and you want to see a movie, you're going to have a lot to talk about yep. after you see it. So yep. that's also a plus. Um, It's one of those movies where I'm like kind of like Mandy, where I was kind of like, go see it. You might hate it. You might love it. Right. This one, I'm not as, like, passionate about Mandy because I actually thought Mandy yeah. had a lot of merit. You did, yeah, yeah. Um, But this one is, you know, it's worth trying out. Okay. I wasn't scared. <laughs> Nicole, oh, that's not good for a word. When, when Nicole saw it before me and she said, you know, because she knew I didn't like Hereditary, she said, um, go see it, but don't expect a horror movie. Okay. So that would maybe be kind of yeah. bottom line. But if it's not a horror movie. What is it? What are you offering me? I didn't. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. Midsummer. <laughs> <laughs> Skip it, but also go see it. Um, well, there you go. That's that's that film. Um, I I went to the screening room this week to see the last black man in San Francisco. Um, also long. Also long, but two hours <laughs> didn't need to be. Um, <laughs> this movie reminded me in some ways of the things that I didn't like about her smell were there of like the dialogue that's kind of quiet, doesn't really make sense, kind of jumping all over the place stylistically. The one thing that I will say that this movie had was I thought it had some very intriguing, well-done cinematography. Okay. Um, the opening sequence uh, especially was was quite good. Um, and the way, very similar to how Wes Anderson will often frame large pictures small people kind of in, right. in the foreground Th- those types of moments were really well used and like the way he framed up and and really put an emphasis on basically the story surrounds this house that this guy um his grandfather built um and he has uh, this feeling of i i want to take care of this house so even though there are other people living there he goes and does gardening for it and paints it and does these things well eventually because of a family dispute the people have to move out um, and he just squats and moves in and there's some interesting things to say here about um, sort of like squatter rights and the idea of of selling and buying homes and kind of what that goes into but it's very out of worldly unrealistic movie it's kind of like a fairy tale. Yeah, it reminds me of like it's a fairy tale set in our world, which is strange. Um, and the characters are not anyone you would particularly ever meet in life. So they're, they're not kind like of, functioning like no. regular. Humans. No, no, no. Like he, the guy's uh, the guy's close friend is basically a playwright poet who barely says anything, and when he does say things, it's very nonsensical poetry things he goes around asking people to like redo their arguments they're having because he's writing it down and wants like he's like oh that was a great take great acting like he's kind of breaking the fourth wall but like no one knows what's going on there are these caricatures of people who stand stand outside and wait outside um his friend's house who they all know they're just like kind of like just uh, five guys riffing on each other for for the whole movie but then as they the main characters walk by they'll riff on them and like that's the dynamic but they add nothing but they're kind of the emotional crux of the movie like it's very weird it's such a strange movie um and the movie kind of climaxes with a play that happens and the only real like big reveal that happens which you should just go to your friend and and reveal this thing he does during through a play and then they kind of get in a fight about it. But it's hard when your main character has no emotions. And that's the biggest thing. The main character in this movie, he has no emotions on his face ever. It's always the same facial expression. Barely has emotions when he, he speaks. You can see his passion and drive for this house. But you don't you don't perceive it. You Do don't you hear it. you think that was a directorial choice? Or seems like he's it. not a good actor? <laughs> I think it was a directorial choice. Like, it seems like something the director would force you to do. Because it would go against every convention, you know, to like emote even in times where you should. Um, so I didn't recognize. I don't. There's not a lot of actors in this that I recognize from other things. The only like one I've seen in a lot of things is Danny Glover, 
um, who plays his his friend's um, grandfather, essentially. Um, <clears throat> no, like the actors are relatively new. Okay. Um, I can't remember either of their names right now. And and like they're they're okay in the world of the convention. Like unlike her smell, I felt like this movie had a little bit more cohesion to it right. and like built the world a little bit better. It like made sense that they were being weird for the context of this world. Yeah. But I also just didn't like the world, so that was the problem. Yeah. So the reason why I didn't like this movie is is right from the beginning I was like what the hell is going on and it never really got and it me into it. It takes place in San Francisco. It does. So again in a real place. It takes places in real place and when you're trying to show a fairy tale in a real place like that's where it when it's tough. That's like um Woman at War takes place in a real place and it's supposed to be our timeline but they introduce elements so that you mm. know it's going to be a fable and not Yeah. real. Interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And like there's, you know, there's nothing something like wrong with that in terms of of this movie just introducing that idea it's just it, it just didn't work for me right and, and I there's not enough of what I look for in a movie to to be entertained by it so it was a very long two hours and for me unfortunately to skip it because I came out of the end of that movie being like that was just a waste of time there you go so there you go it's a skip it so there's our movie reviews for this week we're both recommending you don't go see anything except Taylor saying don't be mad Go see Midsummer if you want to. I don't want any hate mail. Yeah. Don't get hate. Stop, <laughs> stop with the hate mail. Um, or if you're going to disagree with us, tell us why. Yeah, I'm looking. I'd love. Come on. Say why. I would love to get a convincing argument for Ari Aster. Sure. The thing I've read about, the things I've read about Hereditary, I don't. I don't see what yeah. other people see. And you that's fair. I mean? Like, I, I liked Hereditary, but not as much as other people did. I mainly liked Toni Collette in it. Like, I thought she was very good in that movie. But yeah. that's – but again, I didn't like – I didn't run out to see Midsummer because of Hereditary. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's fine. Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. – you know, and then just kind of moved on. So, yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point. And, yeah, if people disagree, send in your thoughts. You know, it's great. I'd, we'd love to know what yeah. you thought of the movie and why. Um, so now we want to talk a little bit about San Diego Comic-Con just because it happened this weekend and a lot of movie trailers dropped. Um, so first we're going to uh, be joined by our Star Trek correspondent, Tyler Vance, uh, who's going to talk to us about the Picard trailer that came out. Hello, Tyler. Hello there. Thank you for having me back. Not a problem at all. Um, you're back because we're going to talk about the new Picard trailer. I guess it's called Star Trek Picard. Yeah, with a colon in there. The yeah. colon's important. That's very important. Uh, they made that mistake with Enterprise already. They'll never make it again. No, no. No, I can't do that again. Um, so that, was that to me, is one of the bigger trailers that came out of Comic-Con. There's a couple surprise trailers for movies, but certainly when it comes to television, um, I think the Star Trek one was obviously one of the, that, and I think Watchmen were kind of the two that were most talked about yeah yeah i would agree yeah and it was like basically with i was like i hadn't actually watched many of the trailers beforehand i was like and it wasn't until like this weekend where my friend was kind of like did you hear that this they dropped this thing for star trek and i was like <laughs> yeah, yeah they did what now it was like so then they had to rush and go and make sure that i was up to date yes yeah i uh, i wasn't expecting it because i had seen a little tiny teaser but all it was was a like a the we, uh, the field because yeah. I mean he as as some anyone who knows Star Trek will know his family uh, comes from wine country yes. um, so it makes sense but uh, so g- give me your your thoughts what do you think of this trailer yeah well I was, was like I was pleasantly like well okay I should say going into it as we had talked about previously mm-hmm. on our uh, Star Trek episode everyone's favorite episode beloved by every every li- every listener. listener loved the Star Trek episode absolutely <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. As I, um, so when we talked about that we talked a little bit about how Next Generation was one of my favorite shows, mm-hmm. movies. I was like, I was a fan of, but wasn't really the biggest thing in the world. So when they said that they were going to do another Picard thing, you kind of have that feeling as a fan when you're like, you want to lean in and be like, okay, but at the same time, you're afraid to be hurt. Exactly. Want... Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I I can totally relate to that because at the end of this, I went. I don't hate this trailer, mm-hmm. and that scares me more than hating it. Exactly. If I had been able to just look at it and say, that looks terrible, then I could have said, like, yes. all right, well, we're done with that. Yeah. We're not going to yeah. watch that. But now it's it's made, it's made given me enough of these things. I'm starting to yearn. I kind of want it. I want to see what this is like. And what I will say, one of the criticisms that came out that I do not agree with mm. is someone said, well, this just looks like another dumb action thing that they've done with star trek they're turning it into an action adventure mm. i kind of disagree i thought the trailer showed hints of what could be the star trek we love yeah by yeah. the little snippets of things they're giving you and certainly with picard 
and this TV series, like we talked about, it was all more about the adventure and the intrigue. And I feel like we got snippets of that. Mm -hmm. The only reason why I think people feel, again, scarred is because it looks so much like Discovery. Yeah, that was the one thing that took me was like kind of aback a little bit. It has the same kind of color palette as yeah. Discovery, the kind of like steel blue mm-hmm. thing that mm-hmm. like all sci-fi is kind of painted with that now. Which Star Trek: The Next Generation was so not warm. like that. So yeah. so inviting, Very warm. so yeah. in, so incandescent light bulb. And like. I would even argue Voyager was similar, where yeah. it was still warm. Like they kind of corrected themselves with with Deep Space Nine, where they mm-hmm. kind of went a little bit more darker with that, yep. and then they went back to a little more traditional Starfleet feel. You're part of the Federation. Everything's kind of nice. This has this feeling of, and I like that. I like the idea. Like we talked about, it's always been Picard versus the Federation. Mm-hmm. That's the best yep. episodes of TNG. Yep. That's when you get the best character moments. And to me, it was the best moments in any of the movies yes. was when it was him versus the Federation. So it looks like something's going to happen. Yeah. Similar to the plot of the movie Logan, where he was also in some girl, young girl shows up. He has some sort of connection or, or, or thought of who she is. We don't know who she is. And he's he's on a mission to to save her, rescue her, do something with that. Like It brings him back. Yeah, for sure. And that was like it's funny that you brought logan because there's an obvious parallel here he's like he looks very similar Mm -hmm. in this and the great thing about logan i found is that even though patrick stewart has aged quite a bit or at least was made to look like he had aged Mm -hmm. quite a bit in that he still had the same feeling he felt like the same character yes i wasn't sure from the trailer if we're going to be able to get that from picard but i'm hoping i'm i'm once again that that dangerous word of hope i'm Uh, hopeful that we can get it yeah i feel the same way you do because i feel like we just didn't hear him say anything enough like the trailer essentially gives us the, the general plot alignment of, of a sense. He's going to put a little crew together. He's going to do something to rescue, save, or protect this girl. And we just don't know what that is. Yeah. So there's there's a bit of a, a an intrigue there. But he didn't really say much, which, could, again, could be on purpose. Yeah. They could be yeah. saving it. Um, but, I, I yeah, I feel the same way you do. I'm, I'm hopeful, but I've been hurt before. Yeah, this, this and I don't want to be hurt the again. Way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so we're going we're gonna to just dive into two... I'd say like moments. One is a bit of a spoiler and one is just sort of like a reveal. So let's talk mm-hmm. about the reveal first. So the reveal of this young girl mm-hmm. who shows up and basically it's really left a mystery who she is. Yeah. But he, you know, he has a line of if this girl is who I think she is, you know, she's in a lot of trouble. Any thoughts in your mind on who this could be and, and how this could connect? Yeah, I'm not really sure. Um, it's like we don't know her. She's not a character from a previous is like setup. Um, she doesn't look like a particular sp- species like i don't know if she's human i couldn't see her ears so yeah. I don't know if she's romulan because i know the romulans have something to do with this well apparently i had seen something about like this is supposed to be taking place shortly after romulus is destroyed which yes. is an event that took place in, in the, the Cal- yeah the prime exactly yeah so in the yeah. prime timeline the the romulan empire has basically been scattered because their star explodes it destroys their planet um ambassador spock um, was trying to help, but then got sucked into the wormhole and got sent to the Calvin timeline. Um, so, yeah, I, I read the same thing. This yeah. has something to do with people blaming Picard in some capacity for that. Yeah, so I'm not sure if this issue is going to have something to do with the Romulans, but they also hint very heavily at a Borg uh, thing, yeah, like, the, which is... They have a line in the trailer where it says like he, something about her being... The destroyer, the destroyer like and then yeah. it pans to a borg ship yeah so is she borg related that would be interesting so too. she could be borg related and definitely like they like to go back to that well because it is one of the most interesting parts i think that was added to tng is picard's relationship yes. with the borg yeah. and even bringing in seven of nine from voyager i thought that was which, a very good move and it is yeah. interesting because those two characters have never interacted from my knowledge so i would be interested to see how the two of them interact and that's one of the things where it sort of scared me um where i I went, okay, is this going to be a Star Trek nemesis moment where they have this awkward <laughs> shoot-in Janeway moment where she calls Picard and it's like, oh, you get all the good missions, old friend. You've never established they knew each other. Is yeah. it going to be because the only line Seven says is like, Picard, what are you doing out here? Why would you call him Picard unless you like have some sort of relationship with yeah, him? Yeah, and so we do have 20 years in yes, theory between that's the two. True. So that is very in true. In that 20 years, they, as like, you imagine they would have interacted because so far they're the only two people to be taken out of the collective. You'd think that that would be one of the first things that... 
coming Voyager coming back is that seeking Seven of Nine seeking out Captain Picard and yeah. like having that sort of a relationship. So I could see it, but this is the thing they got to show us. Yeah, they, they gotta can't show just it. tell us. They have to show us through a flashback mm. or whatever. That would be awesome. I'm totally on board for it, but they have to show us. Yeah, for me, the only time, like the only time, the only thing would allow them to not show it is if the two actors were able to pull it off well. There's sometimes where you get two actors in a room together and, and they just so have yeah. they have this yeah. chemistry about them. You're like, oh yeah, you two have known each other for yeah. two decades now, yeah. and that's fine. And I'm okay if it was a slow reveal. You know, you at the beginning there's interaction, and slowly throughout the series, Seven and Nine is a recurring character, and you learn about the relationship. Yep. That's totally fine. Yeah. But you still have to do that. I think. I think yeah. you have to show it in some capacity. Um. So the last the thing, the reveal at the end. Um, is what, again, I disagree with the internet when people are saying it's data. It's probably it's B4, B4 from Nemesis. Yeah, so. that's what I was thinking. Yeah. So he's playing cards with B4, and people at the end were like, oh, it's data, it's data, data's going to be in this. It doesn't make any sense. No, it's not data. No. It's B4. Yeah, it's got to be B4. It's like, and even at the end of Nemesis, they show that some of data's memories have been mm-hmm. transferred to B4. He's able to remember the song that mm-hmm. data had learned for Riker and Diana yep. Troy's wedding. So yep. it makes sense that it would, like, he would still refer to him as captain, that given enough time, he might have developed more data like tendencies mm-hmm. but he is probably still before it as like a uh, a copy yeah. if not the exact character i'm imagining we're going to get before in several episodes where it's just basically an earlier version of data yeah with less sort of emotional maturity yeah. uh, for lack of a better word because the data did develop you know some sort of sense of emotions and yeah. how to interact with people so i think we're just going to see a more robotic version of data yeah but it's before like, yeah. I think we're agreed on that. The, the, make, the makeup was really interesting with it because they have, like, obviously, like, throughout the TNG, they have to give him this kind of, like, weird sheen to him mm-hmm. to give, make yeah. him look more metallic. Definitely. That with this one, it's not just makeup. They also have a CG component from the look of it. So mm-hmm. they're trying to make him look younger because Brent Spiner does not look the same like no, that he no. did back in the day. N- nor but anyone does. Nor none should of he. Us, none of us. Yeah. If he He's did, allowed would, to age. I'd be, I'd be confused <laughs> yeah. if he did look He's the same. He's not Paul Rudd. You know, yeah. Paul Rudd's yeah, ageless. Yeah, what is but up not, with that guy? Uh, who knows? We don't know. His hair just gets less curly with time, but that's it, but his same. face stays the exact yeah. same. We, we think he's a vampire. Oh, okay, that here. would make sense. Um, but yeah, I and this is the thing. Again, I've been hurt, but there's enough about this to make me excited. Where if Brent Spiner is back as Data, if Patrick Stewart's back as Picard, if Jerry Ryan is back as Seven of Nine, yep. if you get even one or two little cameos that are that are put in there and make sense for the plot, I'm on board. Yeah, the Wikipedia article states that apparently Jonathan Frakes and uh, Marina Sirtis, who play Riker and Diana, is it respectively, are going to yeah. be back in. And that makes total sense. And also the guy who plays Hugh, the, oh, the board. Oh, he's going to come back. Yeah, uh, the... uh, John um, Delancey or something, something like that. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. French name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's supposed to be also in it, so that would be interesting to see what, that would be what, where he ended up. Yeah. And uh, my favorite thing about the trailer, actually, that made me really interested is just a single shot it's of a sign that says captain picard day and it's from yeah. one episode I in tng it. yeah and that leads me to believe that the people who put this together are not just kind of like playing to a wider audience they're yeah. swinging for the star trek fans in this one so that's kind of fun and it, and it you know it, it hints at whatever crew he gets to be with whoever these people are he still has that air of him people mm-hmm. know him there's a trust to him which is what i don't like when you go back to certain characters and you kind of forget who who they are yeah. Picard had everyone's trust and yeah. I, it looks to me like people admire him yeah. and they're putting him back in that role which which is very exciting well thank you for doing this Tyler thanks for just stopping in to, and just walking into the studio at the right time oh no worries I'm ple- it's like pleasure as always um, the last thing I just before leaving you um, just so everyone can can know um, we've been getting a, I've been getting some feedback on Instagram about how mean I am to you <laughs> can you just clear, clarify that you're fine and no one mistreats you Oh no, you're a terrible person. You're so mean to me. No, no, no. Right, you're well, you're doing you completely <laughs> fine. It's like it's been a. It's like it's been. A, yeah, it's been really a lot of fun. I always enjoy writing in. It's like a, thank you very much for featuring emails on the. Yeah, thing. absolutely. It's, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, cool. So you go, everyone. Tyler's fine. You've heard from him now. Don't worry, he will be back at some point in time. Um, and uh, there you go. That's that's our check in with our official Star Trek correspondent, Tyler. Thanks, Tyler. So some other trailers uh, that came out that I was very interested in, aside from Cats. Um, <laughs> interested in for good reasons. For, yeah, for good reasons. <laughs> was was uh, the, There's a second Top Gun movie um, that has been rumored, and the trailer has, has now dropped, and that, that was very interesting to me, as well as I've It Chapter good, 2. I've heard good things about the Top Gun. They're saying Tom Cruise looks as cool as he did Yeah, in and like that trailer really fascinated me. Like, it made me go, okay, this might be interesting. Like This might be one of those rehashed movies where i'm like it's kind of worth it because top gun can stand on its own and doesn't really have to connect to itself or anything but just the trailer and and 
the way they were doing it. And Tom, again, Tom Cruise can bring, I still think, that 80s swagger. Yeah, I think cool he, yeah, guy. he still kind of has it, Coffee. which is weird. Well, it's the Scientology. Yes, yeah, the Scientology that does it. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, it's the Scientology. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that was a trailer that, that really intrigued me. Um, it Chapter 2 um, dropped its sort of final trailer, which I don't know if it was the same one that you were talking about that you saw. Um, I've before seen, Annabelle. I've seen and I, they played it before Midsummer. Oh, did they? It's a short. It's like it's a theater length one, so yeah. kind of short, like yeah. not like yeah, over just, a minute. No. Um, and there's the the redheaded girl. Yeah. Um, goes to an old lady's. Okay, house. so that was the so that trailer had had come out. They did another one. Okay, I'm. Watching that one, I've seen it twice, and it still scares me. So oh. I can't imagine that this oh. new trailer—it <laughs> was scary. There were some moments, and like it, it definitely got me more intrigued for the story. Like the story seems really interesting. Okay. Um. So I, I mean, I was I already. On, I plan on seeing it. No oh, me too. What. Me too. I, I was, I was on board, but seeing that trailer made me more excited. When okay. sometimes when you see other trailers, like okay, stop revealing stuff. They I think all they've the done scary. a yeah. I think they've done a great job. They've made it unsettling. They showed little scary bits, but. There's intrigue as to what's going on with this this movie. That naked old lady is one of the scariest. Did you ever see The Visit? Yeah, oh, yeah. And like Absolutely. the thought, I said this before on the show, but that's literally one of the most, visually one of the most unsettling yeah. things for me to see like an elderly person who has like totally lost mm-hmm. their sort of faculties. Yeah. That to me is one of the most frightening because it's so rooted in real life yeah, like seeing sure. my own grandmother decline yeah it's frightening so i'm the visit was horrifying for oh me. yeah it's a um, terrifying movie which didn't get like a huge amount of buzz no but it really it, it kind of brought m night Shyamalan back, back. Though. but yeah, anyways, like, i but... think the visit was great it's worth a watch but if it's gonna be that caliber yeah. of scary just in that like i don't know like 30 yeah, seconds. Yeah. I don't know how I'll make it through the whole movie. I'm I'm really interested for it chapter 2 and that was the good thing about all the trailers that came out at San Diego Comic-Con is there wasn't really other than cats there wasn't really anything that made me go, "Oh, you're this is going to be bad." Like there's a lot of excitement. The things that really got me excited. Um there's also uh, we're not going to talk about Marvel today um because I'm going to do a special podcast just about the phase four announcement because there's but so I much do to talk have about one headline yes so we will talk about it in headlines just in a minute um but yes the marvel phase four was announced with a bunch of tv shows that are going on disney plus as well as movies um so yeah i just thought it was great i i really was excited to see all the trailers come out all all um weekend so that was a very very exciting um so why don't we uh, dive right into yeah. uh, not a great plan It's time for everyone's favorite segment, beloved by every single listener, Not A Great Plan. Let's do a head count here. Your brother, the demigod, a super soldier, living legend who kind of lives up to the legend, a man with breathtaking anger management issues, a couple of master assassins, and you, big fella. You've managed to piss off every single one of them. That was the plan. Not A Great Plan. That's right, it's not a great plan where we take a look at headlines and current movie news and see what Tony Stark thinks of them. Here's our first headline. Marvel's making a new Blade movie with Marshala Ali. Not a great plan. Mahershala. Mahershala. I um, can never get his team. Yeah, we do, that was that was the one thing that Marvel announced that I went sort of You're why. Yeah, about? like yeah, I'm kind of on the I mean again, Marvel has my trust, but it's it's the only thing they did that really and this is weird because they have a movie called The Internals and it sounds weird. But it was the only thing they like really announced that made me go like, really? Like do we really need that? Blade's kind of done. I don't know if we need a Blade there's the details are very scant. Yeah. We don't even know if 100% this is going to be a movie. Although with the cat casting Ali, it's like pretty, it's like a pretty good chance it's going to be a yeah. movie and not yeah. a TV vehicle. I would imagine. Um, I just feel like, do we need another Blade? I just don't see what it can add as opposed to all the other characters that they haven't even touched upon from the comics yet. And he's so cool. It seems like you're wasting his ability yeah. on a new Blade movie. Yeah, like why? Why If you're going to have him, why not have him do something else? 
Yeah, I don't know. Like, he could do anything. Like, he, I don't think I've seen Mahershala Ali in anything and went, this is terrible. Like, he's been great. Yeah, so it seems like they're picking an A-list actor for kind of like a C-list It's franchise. like when they, um, so Sterling K. Brown from This Is Us was in Black Panther, but only as the, uh, the original Black Panther's brother and his dad. <laughs> like dies right at the beginning of the movie and people were like you just wasted sterling k brown in the marvel cinematic universe and that's true he's that's, gone i think this will be a kind of a throwaway <laughs> yeah. you're gonna waste him Herschel ali is so good <laughs> unless like oh my gosh this is gonna be like a game changer i guess but, but i feel like with it's gonna blade be though a reboot yeah yeah i don't you know? know i don't know i think this belongs here um okay what's the next headline your eyeballs are not ready for the horrors within the cats trailer not a great plan it's just so bad. Uh, do yourself, like, if you haven't seen already, pause. Oh, go. Yeah, pause, pause this and go watch it. Absolutely. Or, like, you know, <laughs> step away from your radio, watch the trailer, and then come back. It is, like, Uncanny Valley weird. Like, um, they've made cats, but the cats don't have realistic cat bodies. Because if you've ever seen a cat... These aren't what cat bodies look like, but then they've CGI'd the face of the actors. And the tails. Those tails are CGI too. I can tell. Like, those tails are moving around. Like, they did not. There's no way that's not CGI. It doesn't look enough like a human to work, and it doesn't look enough like a cat to work. The reason why the stage production is so cool is because the costume and makeup, and yes, they're still humans. It looks like it, and it's like a stylization of of humans as cats. But the costuming's kind of cool and interesting, and they move but they theatrically. Look cat-like. But they look cat-like. Yeah, because there's like some fur, and but it's more realistic. But you also accept that as a theater-going audience, being like, okay, whatever, a little weird, but you kind of accept it. Movies are different. Why, like, pick one. Have them be humans. Or have them be CGI Lion King style cats who won't emote because they can't emote because they're cats and cats don't have facial expressions. It's just nothing. <laughs> I saw one headline being like, now we should apologize to the creators of Sonic. Def- this absolutely. Is what, this, this is, is what, so much worse. This is what real bad CGI Yeah, Sonic is so much better. Oh, Sonic is so much better than this. They're... The cats are too small in some places, too big in other places. They move like humans, but their bodies are really skinny. Except for the fat cats, their bodies are too round. It just doesn't. It does not it's make so sense. It's so bad. Go watch it though. It's worth a laugh. It's so yeah. It's so bad. It's good, but I'm not gonna sit through that movie. Agreed. <laughs> Unless we have to. Exactly. Um, okay. Next headline. Quentin Tarantino says that actually Pulp Fiction in Space is exactly what his Star Trek movie will be. Not a great plan. Then it shouldn't be made. Simon, so he's saying this in response to Simon Pegg, who's Mm -hmm. an actor in the franchise and also a writer. Simon Pegg said, oh, don't worry. It's not going to be Pulp Fiction in Space. And Tarantino fires back being like, Simon Pegg has no idea what he's talking about. That's exactly what my movie's going to be like. He needs to shut up about things he doesn't know about. I don't think he said shut up, but essentially he was saying, this yeah. guy needs to shut yeah. up about yeah. my movie that I'm making. And like Simon Pegg is just a Star Trek fan who is coming to the early defense because when the first... He knows it's going to be. Yeah, because he wrote, he wrote Star Trek Beyond, and when the first trailer came out, people got super angry. And he had to come out and say, listen, I wrote the movie. That trailer is not an accurate representation of the movie, which is true. That trailer is not what that movie is about. He says it's much more like Star Trek. Don't worry about it. He... Quentin Tarantino should not make this movie then. He should be making a Firefly-style action adventure in space space cowboy whatever he wants to do yeah, with he it. wants to do like space gangsters then then do it i would love i will see a quentin tarantino space gangsters movie do not call it star trek because that is not what star trek is you might as well call it star wars or the avengers like they're n- it's not what that is if he was like oh i want to make pulp fiction but they're superheroes well that's fine don't call it the avengers then because that's not what they are he also said he's not interested in making a PG-13 movie. It has to be R. That's he okay. Makes, he says, I make R-rated movies. That's what I do. Sure. But are the other Star Trek movies R-rated? No, but that doesn't matter. I mean, if, if he wants to add a little bit of swearing and blood and gore or whatever, that's fine. The heart of Star Trek is about exploration and the betterment of humanity. 
If he can do that through Pulp Fiction. None of his movies are about the betterment of humanity. There you go. Pulp Fiction is not about that. So if he wants to do something, he should stay away from Star Trek. Yeah, I don't think it's a good I'm now, idea. I'm but now off I've this. already, I've already had my had my piece about Tarantino. I don't think he again is the critical darling we should be. I, hey, I like a lot of his movies, but not. Out. He's not Star Trek. I just don't think he deserves the praise that he gets. Yeah, yeah, I would. I In would, the long yeah, run, everyone of gets cinematic too much history. Yeah. Um, he's not as good as yeah. people say he is. Just similar to the way people feel about Christopher Nolan. Yeah. He's put on a bit of a pedestal. Steven Spielberg. Yeah. So anyways. Spielberg's better than both of these, though. Spielberg is a better director, I think, than, than Christopher Nolan no, and Quentin like Tarantino. his stance on movies. Yes, and his recent like his... work has not been very good. But I think his prime work has been yeah. pretty good. Um, okay, what's the next headline? Holiday sentimentalist Paul McCarthy making a stage musical out of It's a Wonderful Life. Not a great plan. <laughs> like, I'm the one person who doesn't like Midsummer. You're like <laughs> yeah, the, one the one person, person who doesn't, who doesn't like, like It's a Wonderful, it's a wonderful Life. life. I'm take it or leave it like whatever if I have to watch it at Christmas I'll watch it um my concerns are has Paul McCartney ever adapted something for I don't know a lot about his career not that I know um, of but he is working with Lee Hall who previously co-wrote Billy Elliot with Elton John oh okay so I guess he has a good writing partner Billy Elliot's really good yeah um and it's not He's not adapting the film into a, a film musical. He's okay. adapting the film into a stage musical. Oh, I um, see. This yeah, is going so, on stage. Okay, gotcha. But it'll then become a movie. inevitably it's going to be. It's <laughs> we'll going to cycle back. It will cycle back. Yeah, but, um, I mean they've made a they've made a musical about like, it goes both ways. When you make like people say, oh, there's a lot of movies that get made out of based upon a musical. It's the other way too. There's a lot of movies that get turned into musicals like footloose uh hairspray a lot of yeah. the producers a lot of famous ones actually um so i mean yeah it probably will be fine or whatever i just don't like the story or the movie it's a wonderful life. maybe they do something new with it i don't know No, paul mccartney is considered one of the best songwriters yeah living so um it'll just be interesting to see like pop music isn't the same as yeah no, it's theater. not. Like, I doubt that Andrew Lloyd Webber could write, like, a top 40 hit. He cannot. <laughs> you know? So, um, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, the okay. ch- it's going to be in England, so... But it doesn't sound like a great plan, is the point. It it's doesn't gonna sound like, like it. <laughs> it's going to be, like, one of those, it's only shown at Christmas time. Yeah, yeah, 100%. You know, 100%. like, I don't know. Anyways, so we'll see. Okay, uh, we have time for one more. Perfect. Jamie Lee Curtis returning for not one, but two more sequels to Bloomhouse's Halloween. Not a great plan. I didn't see the remake of how the the remake of Halloween. This is like a it gets confusing because there was a revamp by Rob Zombie in the like mid 2000s that were have kind of been like disowned. Yeah, they're not they're not counted in like new canon. Like them. No, I don't know why. Like I've seen the first one and I thought it was like an okay mm-hmm. one but apparently like when you look at the like the canon of halloween <laughs> the fans have like rejected <laughs> yes. it yeah fa- it's so, the fans <laughs> too decided they're just this. like no nope. <laughs> um so bloomhouse i think in 2017 it might have been more recently has kind of revamped the series with halloween that's mm-hmm. what it's called mm-hmm. um these two follow-ups are going to make a trilogy okay halloween um Halloween kills in 2020 and Halloween ends in 2021. (laughs) I'm not, um, I don't watch a lot of slasher flicks, so I don't have kind of a stake in this franchise. I always think it's dicey when you commit to a series of movies back to back without first. Yeah. Writers feel the pressure. They have to, and the creators, they are under a timeline. Yeah, absolutely. A creative timeline. Um, you know, if the second one is is kind of crappy, chances are the third one's going to be crappy, and then you've just missed an opportunity to develop like a really good. Yeah, it, it's just taking this risk that to me seems unnecessary, but again, it's it, it's the studios being like, we got to commit now, we got to yeah. put this in the like, we got to get going here. It's all about being out quick and first, and while we there's still buzz, yeah. while the well, fans still buzz. are still yeah. thinking about it. But I don't know. I feel like we've proven we can go back to things, and it's not a big deal. But to commit to those that many movies is a huge risk because you know if if the first one bombs you're in trouble i mean it didn't it happen to the divergent series where the last movie never even came out oh the di- I don't know. yeah like the divergent allergent or whatever the hell that series is it it the last movie never came out because it just 
was so bombed. Crappy. The last one just bombed. Yeah. I mean, it can go one or one of two ways. Like the Hunger Games trilogies, I'm pretty sure they turn those ones out mm-hmm. every year, and it's you know it has its flaws, but yeah. as a trilogy, it kind of it, yeah. it works. Yeah. Um, so this could work, but I just feel like that that's the risk, right? I don't. I think creators should should take the the time. I agree. You know what I mean? Like the an the the conjuring series those movies don't necessarily come out at a consistent no it's actually very inconsistent yeah. when they come out and you know yeah. and you can tell the ones that are good they've spent more time yeah. on right absolutely so absolutely. um no I, and I agree with you i think the best way to go is to let the creators take time and if it makes sense to do sequels or multiple movies then let that be the decision don't let money be the deterring factor which is what we're seeing here yeah it's all about money um so that's all the time we have today uh, thanks everybody for for listening i thought that was a very good recap of everything that happened at san diego comic-con get set for some extra content though this week i'm going to talk about marvel um, we're probably seeing Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, um, and I think uh, we might do some some spoiler talk on that as well. So there you go. Go see some movies.